0: This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Listen, if you're going about your daily work trying to earn the favor of God, you've lost it. You don't understand the gospel. You've embraced a beautiful thing called religion, and you will get respect here on this earth. You'll have people following you. You'll have a great church, maybe as a pastor, because you're preaching religion. People love. People love condemnation because they hate grace naturally. We hate grace. We naturally hate people actually giving you something free, especially to think that Jesus died on the cross for your stupid sins. We're too prideful to accept that. Resting in the finished work of Christ is saying, Jesus, whatever I do, I'm going to do it because You love me, not to earn Your affection. Not to earn your love, not to earn your grace, but just to receive it. Sure, you look—you—you you will look weird. Your Christian friends will probably laugh at you. They do at me. And maybe even your best friends would not even be Christian people. They'll be worldly people because they'll see the love of Jesus in your face and you'll be a billboard for the grace and mercy of God. And I would rather be that. And I wish you guys were here so I could hear a resounding amen. But maybe you can comment down below. You say, hey, do you have a verse for that? Of course I do. I'm glad you asked. John chapter 13 verse 34 I reference this verse a lot Jesus says I've given you a new command Love each other How? As I have loved you That's Jesus saying Hey listen There's a new command now Love each other As I have loved you Jesus doesn't say Now go love each other and, And figure out how to love each other He says No no listen I've set an example Love each other The way I have loved you You see Everything we do Has to come because He loves you You cannot love people with you mustering up your own love and affection for them, you can love people if you know that Jesus loves you. You can love the unlovable when you know that Jesus loves you. And Solomon's saying, Open your eyes, a new command I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. Then what would happen? It says, Then everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Everyone will know that you, you don't need to go beat a drum tell people how much you're feeding the poor, tell people how you're able to pray and walk on water and how many people you healed, all that is bull, God doesn't care about that if you have love for one another, people will see that they will know that you're my disciples, and after all the great commission which is the greatest omission in the church, is for us to be disciples and to be disciple makers we cannot be disciple makers by beating people with a whip now we can be disciple makers though, when we are walking in love And Solomon is saying, please open your eyes. Open your eyes before you walk. Open your eyes. So what does this practically look like? You see, we no longer need to go to a big massive building to see the great awesomeness of God and how big and how awesome He is. And neither, please listen to me, do you have to walk into any church building and look at any stage or any lights or any smoke machine or how great the music is to be in awe and reverence of God. Look at the face of Jesus. Look at the face of your Messiah. Look at His eyes that's full of love. That's an ocean that you can never drink up. When you wake up in the morning, start your day by looking at His face. Keith Green sings, Oh Lord, You're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. And when your eyes are on this child, Your grace abounds with me. You know, there was a time in my life when God had to confront me. He says, Hey Joel, you're looking at the book you're not looking at my face and maybe for you you're looking all around but you've not seen his face you're not looking at his face you're not seeking his face we sang this morning bless the Lord O oh my soul and all that is with me bless his holy name you cannot have your soul find its peace until you've sought his face Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 1 that's why right, we're still in verse 1 and not in the full verse it says guard your steps when you go to the house of God Hopefully that makes sense to you by now. And then it says to draw near, to listen, is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know what they do they do not know they're doing evil. This the second thing Solomon is saying. He says, Hey, good, open your eyes before you walk. And then he says, Open your ears and then your mouth. First open your ears, then your mouth. You know, I don't know if this is you. This is me many times. I'll be honest with you. And uh There are times when I start praying. And you go places where... You really didn't want to go in your prayer. You know what I'm saying? And then you somehow manage to bring it back. And it sounds so profound. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And you're really proud of yourself. You're like, dude, that was... Man, did we get that one video? I want to go back and listen to that. That was... mm, What a great prayer, right? (laughs) I hope you're laughing because... And, man, I don't know. Maybe maybe you've not been there, okay? Maybe it's just because I pray more than you. Got you. But there are times when, you know, I'm praying and it's like, wow, that was actually, mm, that was spirit-filled. That was awesome. That was great. And, and Solomon is saying, you idiot, you fool. Like, you're patting yourself on your back with how great your prayer is. Listen. First open your ears and listen to what God has to say. And then open your mouth. Because the problem with religion that we hate so much okay? Can we agree on that? We hate religion We want Jesus we, By religion again I mean this man made nonsense The problem with religion is They love regurgitating What they heard someone else said They love oh my gosh They love that They will take something They're like hmm that was impressive And they would go and they would Have you heard those guys That when they start praying They start sounding very southern? No? Yeah? Oh thank you Lord You know? Get me some ham and cheese I mean ham is actually unclean in the old testament, so I don't know. Anyways, you know, this is regurgitating bad joke, right? Okay, if you're Southern, I'm sorry, forgive me. Uh, <laughs> regurgitating what other people said. Or what I like to call verbal doodling. I was gonna use a different word, but it might just be nasty. But verbal doodling, you know, it's just like a scribbling. God God's like listen, dude, like open your ears first, listen to me and then open your mouth and then talk. Um, or even worse because we don't open our ears, we just never pray. And all of these problems stem from not listening to God. And Solomon, he calls us a sacrifice of fools. Isn't that crazy? And then he says, hey, you don't even realize it, but that's actually evil. That's wickedness. You see, again, I'm not trying to slam you. I'm not trying to tear you down. I really want to lift you up. But when we come back together, and we're able to worship together, these are things that we need to check our hearts about. okay? Because it's easy for us to come and be like, oh brother, I'm great. Oh brother, I'm fine. We pray long prayers. We stand and pray for people over there. When in your personal life, you've never really heard from God. okay? Now, I've been guilty of this. I've had a rough week, a busy week or whatever and you show up not to preach, of course, like I've never preached without hearing from God first but you show up to church and you've just had a really dry week but you put on this facade religiosity and you want to go pray for people you want to be like oh I want to encourage these people and God says that's evil that's wicked just because a lightning bolt didn't kill you doesn't mean that God's okay with it we need to repent from that and God not only says it's evil he says the sacrifice of fools Jesus warns us about this when he says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 7 and when you pray do not heap up empty phrases you heard those guys Father, Lord, Jesus Christ our Father in heaven Father, God, Holy God sovereign, almighty. I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, what the heck are you doing? Sorry, was that, was that bad? Am I going overboard? Help me out, guys. I don't know. It's basically, like, <laughs> Levi's just like standing there giving me a guilty look. Anyways, guys, I'm going to go back and read the comments so some support over here. Do not heap up empty phrases. God hates that as the Gentiles do, unbelievers do. For they think that they'll be heard for their many words. That's what pagans do. They sit there and they babble all day long. And God's like, stop that nonsense. Dude, try that in your marriage. I guarantee you, your wife will kill you. Okay? And they will chalk it up to coronavirus. And she'll get away scot-free. What happened? He was mumbling, man. He just didn't talk to me. didn't... Authentic relationship. Come on, no religion here. Authentic relationship. You think you'll be heard for your many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you even ask. In the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 17, says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Hey, if you're sitting at home and you feel like your faith is torn, your faith is broken, your faith is dry. You have no faith. It's because you haven't heard from God. You come to church because you want to hear from God. Not wrong. But listen, when we come back to, please listen to this. When we come back together as a body, worshipping together, I don't want you to come to hear from God alone. I want you to come to hear what God has already been speaking to you. I want you to come to hear... For God to confirm what He's already started in your life. I want you to come to conf- for God to confirm the answers that He's already been revealing to you. Do you get what I'm saying? We cannot come just to be like, okay, fine, I'm here, entertain me, little monkey, you know, or you know, brown guy, get angry, do something, make me, make me laugh, you know, like, or make me feel the weight of sin. Sometimes people just love to feel guilty when they come to church. Knock that off, that's religion. We don't want that. Come to church because you have this beautiful relationship with Jesus, you heard from Him. You had a relationship with him. And when you come, God just confirms the things that he's already been showing. In fact, the people that, that most embrace the body of the living church, that love the living church, are people who come to church and they're like, man, God is really confirming things when I come over here. God is really speaking in this place to me. Like Jacob, he builds an altar and he says, this is Bethel, the house of God. You will never have reverence for us coming together and, and worshipping together if you've not heard God speak to you. And the only way you will reverence us coming together in worship is if you first being able to hear from God. And I can hear a lot of those questions now. Right now, I can hear your heart. When you're like, well, pastor, how do I know? How can I listen to God? How do I know it's God and not just the tacos I ate last night? Probably is your tacos that you ate last night. And maybe tacos is your God. Okay, now I'm kidding. God speaks. Hold on, guys. This is what happens when I don't have people to talk to all week long. Okay? My poor wife, pray for her. (laughs) <laughs> you know, God, I believe, speaks outside His word. God speaks to you through creation. It says in uh, the book of Romans chapter 1, that right from the beginning, um, His, His invisible attributes are visible in creation. And therefore, no one has an excuse and say, well, there is no God, because God speaks to us through creation. But one sure way that God speaks to us is through His word, which you know that. But let me give you some scripture psalm 119 verse 103 it says how sweet are your words to my taste sweeter than honey to my mouth david says god this word mm, it's sweet hey listen man if you don't have a lifestyle of god's word being sweet to you now i'm not again you gotta fight the religiosity of like i had my quiet time with my little cup of coffee in the morning sure you read it but it didn't mean anything to you it just made you feel good because you checked that box off dude if it's not sweet to you that makes you want to actually let me let me read this next one same 119 verse 104. through your precepts through your laws I get understanding if you're reading God's word and you come back a fool you're reading it wrong But through God's word, you get understanding. And when you have understanding, you know what? You walk with confidence. And then he says, therefore, I hate every false way. When you go into God's word, you're going into the throne room of grace. And God is giving you understanding. And you come out from reading God's word. And you're like, you know what, man? That temptation, I hate it. It's bad for me. Now, listen, man. There have been times when I've tried to change my lifestyle, whether my diet or my food. And I've literally been able to hate food that's unhealthy for me when I'm you know, in the zone, ready to go. Man, I know you guys have done that for diet. How much more for God's Word? And if you really want to apply this of opening your ears before you open your mouth, this has got to be a lifestyle of being like, God, I want your Word to be sweet to me. Now, I want to confront some of you. For some of you... There are everything else under the sun that's sweeter to you than God's Word. You find it boring, you find it dry, you find it dead. It could be because you try to read it under this blanket of religion. Go to God's Word to have a relationship with Him. I mean, I know this sounds very cliche, but these are love letters from the one that made you, who knows you, has a plan for your life. Dude, He has the best plan for your life. Your mom and dad thought that they had the best plan for your life, your husband or your spouse or the president. God has the best plan for your life and he created you and creates the world around you for that best plan to be fulfilled. Go to his word and you will get understanding. He continues to say, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You don't know what where to go, what to do. Go to his word. Same chapter, 119, verse 72. It says your law, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. He not only says it's sweeter, He not only says it gives him understanding, He not only says it guides me, He says, man, it's better than riches, man. It's better than a pension. It's better than a retirement. God, your word is better to me because it gives me understanding. It gives me guidance. You remember Psalm chapter 1. It says, blessed is a man who doesn't walk, who doesn't stand, who doesn't sit. Why? It says in verse 2, because his delight is in what? In the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. He says, be not rash with your mouth. Now let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on the earth. So you saying, hey, open your ears before you open your mouth. And listen to me carefully. It's easy for us, even under religion, to be too casual with God. You see, there are two extremes. One, we're like, ooh, God is a sovereign, almighty smiter who will smite you if you don't speak in King James. Eh, wrong. Religion. On the other hand, We can become very religious by being very casual with God. And here, Solomon is warning us, God's in heaven, you're on the earth. That speaks of submission under God's authority. He's in heaven, you're on earth. Yes, you're in the throne room of grace, but it's still a throne room. Watch out. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, Available in your app Store.